it's time to set something straight about integrity. You are listening to the Get Unstuck podcast with me, your host, Laura Husson. I am delighted to have you here. This podcast was being created to inspire, educate and facilitate shifts that get you unstuck, clear and moving in your life and business. Expect tips, advice and real life stories of people just like you who've gone from unclear and stuck to creating extraordinary success. It's time to let go of the how and step into the now. Welcome to this brand new episode of the Get Unstuck podcast. I am your host, Laura Husson, and I am delighted to welcome you back. Or maybe I'm welcoming you for the very first time. Either way, I'm delighted to have you here. I am shifting things a little bit. Usually I record in the middle of the day and today I'm coming to you early morning. You may be able to tell there's a slight difference to my voice because I woke up this morning absolutely filled with inspiration about what I needed to share. And (laughs) this is something that's been on my heart for years and I... (laughs) I'm going to I feel like I have to give you a disclaimer. If you're somebody like me who listens to podcasts on two times speed, you may be getting ready to have that speed button on on hand because I feel like when I get in flow I'm going to be going quick and you might be like, "Wait, what's happened? I need to slow her down." <laughs> so, what's going on? What's happening is on Friday, Thursday, I don't know, one day last week, I hosted, it was Thursday, I hosted a a brand new free workshop all about building a values-led business. Now, we went deep into eliciting people's values so that they could really see and understand what's important to them in terms of priorities in their business, in their life, but we were specifically looking at client relationships. So we were getting really clear on the values as it pertains to client relationships. And one of the things I explained in there set off a lot of light bulbs. And I knew I wanted to have a conversation here about it, but I woke up this morning and it just uh, it was like electricity running through me and I just had to come and capture this energy while I have it. So as the title gives you the very big clue, uh, we are here to talk about integrity today and specifically the truth about integrity. Now in our online world that we move in, we see a lot of people talk about integrity and that's, that's a good thing or at least it should be a good thing. Now if you know me, you know that I don't use the word should loosely, this is not something I throw about. I believe that should, the word should comes from opinion. And as we know, opinions are not facts. So what I'm really telling you here is that this is my opinion. This is my absolute opinion. This is my definition. I am redefining the way that integrity sits in terms of how it relates to values. Now, every time without fail, when I talk values with somebody, integrity comes up. And that's good, right? I do believe that it has its place when it comes to values. But my belief is integrity is not a value. I will say that again. My belief is that integrity is not a value. To me, integrity is so much bigger than a single value. Integrity, the way I see it, 
and I'm waving my hands around as I say this, the way I see integrity is that integrity is like the umbrella that all of my values hang from. Now, if I talk about how important it is to me to be in in integrity, integrity in and of itself is not a thing, right? It's not a thing. What happens is when somebody's in integrity, it's because they are in alignment, in accordance, living alongside, embodying and being their values. So when we consider that, that my, this is my definition, I have not found this anywhere else. This is just what I believe and what I live by is that when I am living life in accordance to what is true for me, that is where integrity lives. So integrity is not a value that I can hold myself to because it's not one thing. It's me living and being my values. The result of that is somebody who is in integrity. Okay, so it's like, are you just, are you saying that you believe in love, in peace, in justice? Are you saying those things? Or are you actually walking your talk? Are you actually embodying that to the point that when somebody said something that was opposed to one of your values, that you would speak up, that you would respond, that you would reflect, you would make change, you would speak to it? Because that's where it comes from. It doesn't come from just saying, here are my values and I've put them on a pretty graphic and I've shared them on my socials. It comes from the being. Now, this takes us a layer deeper into why do values even matter? Now, values matter because, and we went way into this inside the workshop, which is inside the Facebook community, the Shift Seekers. So if you want to come and join us and find that, come to theshiftseekers.com and you will find the replay for a limited time because it will then be taken down and put into the Subconscious Transformation Academy. Now, when you are identifying your values and you are really digging into the core values, now this is not a process whereby you just sit down and go, what are my values? Oh, here they are. Your values come from diving really deeply into what's important to you as it relates to whatever the context is. So for us on Thursday, we did client relationships. So what's important to you as it relates to your client relationships? And then you let, you let that fly, right? You write out everything that's important to you. Then what happens is you reflect on that. You look at that list. And then you ask yourself, okay, with all of these values, with all of these qualities present in a client, all these things that I've said are important to me, what could happen that would be a deal breaker? What could happen? What would they do? How would they be that would make me feel like I'm out? And you identify what that thing is. Now, for me, that would be a breaking of trust. Now, trust is my top value and it comes through in everything I do, everything I say, everything I think about, how I hire my team, how I bring in new clients. Everything is built on trust. And so for me, if there's no trust, there's no relationship. So a a breach of trust is an absolute deal breaker for me. And so I, I might write that down underneath, no trust. Then what we do is we check back, okay, we'll look at this list again, all of this whole list in place and this breach of trust, which was my line in the sand. What else would need to happen so that you would actually review and perhaps reconsider continuing the relationship? Now, there may be that actually that was a hard line and there is nothing else that could happen, or it may be that there's a way to rebuild 
It may be that there's something that gives you, inspires hope, inspires faith, inspires that trust again so that you could continue to move forward or perhaps find a new way to move forward. Now, remember, we're speaking with this example about specifically about client relationships, but you could put this on any context whatsoever. So for me, if there's a breach of trust, what would then need to happen that would make me reconsider would be that there was open communication. If we were able to have open communication where I was fully expressed, I believed that they were fully expressed and that's going to be a judgment call. And for me, that's largely based on how does this feel? Does it feel truthful? Does it feel like this person really wants to try to do something differently? Because if it does, then I'm willing to give it a second shot. Now, again, what we do then is we go, okay, right, we've got this, all my list of values. I saw the line in the sand of what would happen that would make me say I'm out. Then I saw perhaps what's possible for a way back. Now, let's say we go back, we give them a second chance, we give that relationship a second chance. What then could happen that would see the whole thing drawn a hard stop, right? Absolutely not. I gave it a second shot. I am so done. This is never going to work. What would happen then? For me, that would be another breach of trust. So what you can see if we saw this on paper is that I'm starting to get repeats, right? Trust would be in my list of core values that I detailed out at the top. The breaking of trust is then repeated and then repeated again. So as soon as we get repeats, we know that we're hitting on the core values because when we can't get past those things, they're, they're a deal breaker, then we know that we've got our values. So underneath that, what we do is we just list out our top three to five or we can circle the ones that repeated first if you need to do that and just list out your top three to five and place them in order, priority order, because from there you've got your values. Now, what you do then in your mind, if you like, <laughs> if you're Team Laura, what you do then is you imagine your umbrella of integrity and you hang up your values underneath that umbrella of integrity. So for me, my values are trust, ease, grace, and love. And in order for me to stay under the umbrella of integrity, all of those values have to be present in me and all of those values have to be met in the relationships I am taking part in. So that is a two-way street, right? It's not just how I be it, but it's how I receive it from others too. And this is why we all have different values and that's as it should be. We all have different values. We're all different. That's what makes the world go round, or so we're told. <laughs> I can't imagine a world where we all had the same values, although I do believe I have the best set. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> if we are then entering into relationships, let's stick with the theme of client relationships. I need to be able to trust that person and I need them to trust me. I need them to trust me. What might that look like? In a client relationship, it means they're not trying to micromanage the process. They're not questioning the process. They're in trust. They're like, okay, I chose you. I hired you. We have a contract and I trust your process. I trust you. I trust the team that you've put together. I trust everything, all of your experience to get us to the result, even if perhaps it doesn't look the way I might have expected it to look. That's an example of trust. Okay. Now, ease, for me, ease is a really beautiful one. And ease is about really understanding that this is not just a case of, oh, I want to just chill on the sofa and watch Netflix all day, which I know that for some people, when we talk about ease, that is what the vision that comes to mind. 
To me, ease is when things feel effortless. And when do things feel effortless? They feel effortless when all of your boxes are ticked and everything just feels fueled by this other energy that comes in because you love what you're doing so much. You love this project, you love this client, you love this relationship, whatever it is, you love it so much that things just feel easy. You have infinite energy for it and everything just seems to go your way. It's like you were driving to work or driving to visit a friend or family member and every traffic light you meet just turns green as soon as you roll up. It's that is what ease feels like to me. And again, ease has to come from me and it has to be present in my client. And when ease starts to ebb, now this is one of the biggest things in my relationships, one of the biggest ones that fluctuates is not trust. I think because I'm so embodied in trust, what happens is that ease is the one that fluctuates. And that doesn't surprise me. Now, ease is probably the one that's the most challenging to get your head around, especially if you've come from corporate employment or some kind of societal pressure that things need to be this certain way. Also from our online world, right? There are are personalities out there who will teach you that hustle and grind pays off. Hustle and grind are what pays. You can't be successful without hard work. That message is just absolutely drilled into us in all walks of life, that if you want the result, it takes a lot of effort. We teach it to our kids in schools. Now, for me, because ease is one of my values, and that has been one I have had to, excuse the pun, ease into. It's been an exploration and it's definitely been an evolving process and journey. There was not a case of, oh, I'm going to choose ease as one of my values. And then I instantly was ease. Sometimes I still have a fluctuation in myself around ease. Now, especially we had a situation recently where one of our cats did a little, went on a little adventure, let's say, and he did not come home for almost 48 hours it was extremely stressful. Now, I understand that if you're not a cat person or you're not a pet person, then this might be a difficult one to relate to. For me, my cats are like family. We got these cats in the first lockdown. They were the kind of cats that I've wanted ever since I was a little girl. And so, and they're so soppy, like they're ridiculously soppy. (laughs) If you've seen my Instagram, you have a good idea that they often make an appearance on my stories because of their ridiculous (laughs) floofiness. So when Arlo, who was the smallest of these two cats, when he did not come in one night, it was extremely worrying. They don't go anywhere. They just pad around out front. They follow us down the garden. Then they come back in. When he didn't come back in, it was interesting. It was like, oh, he's not in. And that night I didn't want to go to bed because it was a struggle for me to remain in ease. right? And to me, that looks like oh, there was tension. It was like instant contraction around, oh gosh, because the, the fear was there. And when there's fear, there's no ease when there's fear, because when there's fear, we want to get out of fear. And how do we get out of fear? We look for everything to be okay. So we look for a solution. So the ease was missing or it was in, what's the word? It was intention. I could not just let go and surrender in the way I wanted to. So when I could not find ease in my physical body, I had to go all in on trust. 
And this is how I know that trust is my top core value. Because when I can go into trust, the ease starts to come back. Now, the second day when he wasn't home, I started off the day, just kept on going outside, calling for him, looking for him, doing all the things I knew I could do, knocking on the neighbor's doors, everything else. And then I was like, well, right, I've got things to do. I've got calls. I've got plans. I've got to do things. What am I going to do? I could not settle. Uh, there was no ease still. And I was telling myself, okay, in order for this to turn out the way you want it, in order for there to be a possible happy resolution here, you have to go back to trust. So I pulled on my trust hoodie <laughs> and I really sat with what would it look like to be in trust here? What would it look like? And I was having a conversation with my gorgeous friend, Susie Ashworth, and I was saying to her, she was like, have you muscle tested? And I, well, she asked me, have you used your pendulum, which is a form of muscle testing? And I was like, I haven't because I'm too scared it's going to say what I don't want it to say. Now that is not ease. That's not trust. Right? That's not grace, which is one of my other values. There was love there. That was definitely present, but I was not in ease, grace or trust. And I, as soon as she asked me that, I was like, oh, please, could you do it? Because I, I'm too scared of what it's going to say. And then I stopped myself. I was walking past the shelf where the pendulum was and I was like, didn't have a big old mental conversation about it, but something in me just clicked and I just grabbed the pendulum so quick and I did the quickest calibration ever. I was like, show me yes, show me no. And then I just started asking yes or no questions. Will Arlo be coming home safely today? Immediately, yes. Uh, and then I can't remember the other questions I asked. I was like, is he in a garden shed? Because that's what somebody kept saying. I feel like he's in the shed. And I was like, I don't feel like he's in the shed. And I got a no that he wasn't in a shed. And yeah, that was it. I can't remember what else. I didn't have much clarity, but I did manage after that to slip into trust. And what followed trust was ease. I was like, okay, I am letting go. I'm not going to just be traips in the streets to find him. If he's supposed to come home, he will come home. <sighs> it was not easy, but I did manage to get there. Now, what happened later that day was that Chris, my husband, he we were sat on the couches. Arlo was still not home. It was getting dark and something in me was had decided, I'd, I had this story running that if we hadn't come home in daylight hours, he wasn't going to come home in the dark. Chris said to me, have you posted on Facebook? And I was like, oh, I don't really see the point. I don't see the point in, you know, posting on Facebook because the people I'm friends with and connected to aren't really local. And he was like, well, I don't know. It just seems like it's worth a go. I was like, okay trusting the nudge that came let's post on Facebook post on Facebook within 10 minutes my lovely friend and beautician Kay had messaged me and said has he not come home and I was like no he's not home and she said okay she said I'll share it are you happy for me to share it send me a picture send me all the details so gave her everything she shared it then Kay had a horse, beautiful, beautiful horse, who she kept at a stables in the village where I live. The girl who owns that stables, Dawn, she shared Kay's post. Then Dawn is related to the people who own the village store where I live. Now, this is very, very village life here where I live. <laughs> um, they shared it. And then within an hour, I was putting Finn to bed and Dawn, who owns the stables, called me on Facebook Messenger. And I thought, you know, 
often, sometimes when that happens, people go, oh, sorry, didn't mean to do that. So I just declined it because I was doing bedtime, declined it. It rang back again and Dawn was like, somebody's just seen your cat. I was like, what? How can this be? And I was like, oh my gosh, I was so excited. Bang goes Finn's bedtime, or at least his peaceful, graceful bedtime. <laughs> and um, Chris had gone out for a walk to look. And she said, yeah, he's, and he was about a mile away, which is further than we ever imagined he would be. He's about a mile away. He said, she gave me very specific instructions. They seen him jump into the verge and they'd seen her Facebook post. So they called her. So Chris jumped in the car, went up there. Sure enough, there he was in the verge. Took a little bit of like jiggery pokery to catch him because he was scared. And I had to run up there. Yes, that whole way (laughs) on foot in the pitch black. And it was just so incredible. But what was amazing was that one of my lovely people who'd come through the Get Unstuck sessions had reached out to me and said, I can feel into his energy. And she said, he's in the middle of nowhere. He doesn't really know where he is. He somehow got a bit further from home than he planned to be. And he doesn't necessarily know how to come back, but he does trust that he is coming home. And I was like, oh, I feel that. And part of me could not accept it. I was in resistance to it. So all that to say, that long story to say, when he came home, I was still wearing my trust hoodie and I was sharing. I did a Facebook Live to show that he was home because I was like, oh my gosh, look, he's here. And Susie messaged me and she was like, what gorgeous example of staying in your values, you know, staying in specifically in trust because that was one of the most challenging scenarios, right? When something isn't working out or it even feels like it could be a life-death situation, can you still stay in trust? And trust may not be one of your top values. For me, I'm sharing this example so you understand how it all links back to integrity. Can I stay in trust? Now, if I could not stay in trust, or more specifically, because I was firmly out of trust in the morning, if I could not find my way back to trust, which then led to ease, which then led to grace. No panic. There's no panic when there's grace. And people often ask me, what's the difference between ease and grace? To me, grace is when you are calm on the outside, being respectful, loving, being the embodiment. I see grace as the embodiment of ease. Ease is for me, grace is for others is how I see it. If I could not find my way back to my own ways of being that I have declared, right? I have declared them. I have had multiple clients engrave these words for me. One of them on a beautiful handmade necklace. Another had them burned into a wooden chest. And I have them all around me. If I could not find my way back to my values, even in this time of distress, perhaps crisis might sound extreme, but that's how it felt, then I could not be in integrity. And when I'm not in integrity, people don't lean in. Right? When you're out of integrity, people feel that. And when you're out of integrity, people are unnerved. They can't put their finger on it. They cannot put their finger on it. They're like, something's going on here. Something feels off. What is it? I do not know. It's because you are out of integrity. And you are out of integrity when you claim to be one thing and you act and be another Now, this does not require that you tell everybody, okay, here are my values and here's what you can expect from me in order to be in integrity. They don't need to know that. 
because they feel it. Like I said, it's a subtle, you, you will know this, right? There'll be examples for you where you are like, oh yeah, that, that person was, that helped me in the bank was out of integrity or, you know, a friend when they were telling a story, something felt off about it. It's an integrity rub. And the reason there is, if there's, you know, if you hear somebody recount something and it feels out of integrity, perhaps it's because there's something in there that just does not align to your values and your values as it relates to friendship or your values as it relates to relationships with service providers, you know, however it is. When there's no integrity, there's no embodiment of you in your identity. Your values represent and speak directly to your identity, which is your personality. That is who you are. It's how you're coded. You don't just randomly pluck your values and go, oh yeah, I'd like that. I'd like to be that. There's no integrity in choosing values that you think sound impressive. Your values have to come from a deeper process, an automatic process. And they will evolve and change over time as you evolve and change. Because why? Because they're linked to your identity. And as you shift and transform and grow and evolve, your identity does the same thing. And therefore, it would make sense that your values pivot and evolve too. So while I have mine etched, (laughs) I'm fairly committed right now. I'm well aware that over time, something new may be added to the mix. Something else may slip away. And the reason that something might slip away is because once, like to me, trust is so deeply in me now that I don't need to remind myself of it. It just is automatic. If there's no trust, it's just, there's no relationship. There's no contract. There's no hire. There's no action. And I don't even have a reason for it. You know, sometimes it's just an intuitive hit of like, hmm, something, I don't know what it is, but I can't work with that person or I can't go to that meeting I said I'd go to. Something feels out of, out of integrity. You don't have to understand and know it. You just have to trust that when something feels off, it's because there's a conflict with your values. Now, if you want to go deeper into this, come into the Shift Seekers community and catch that workshop we play. It was really good. We went really deeply into this. It will make so much sense to you. This was kind of like the surface, if you like. In that workshop, we went deeper and you get to go deeper and deeper and deeper. Now, for me, because integrity is so important in my world, because I'm so finely attuned to when it's in and off, fine frequency, finely tuned frequency, I'm always on the lookout for ways to get more into alignment with who you are, more you, right? This is why when I speak about the podcast, it's like I'm here to inspire you, to educate and to facilitate your shifts so that you can go from feeling stuck to feeling clear, moving and excited about the future. And this is why we changed the name of the Facebook community. We changed it from the Get Unstuck Collective to the Shift Seekers. We're in a funny middle ground right now because you're only allowed to change the name once every, I think, 28 days maybe. And um, we changed it recently when we updated the trademark. (laughs) So it's called the Get Unstuck Collective in this moment as I'm recording, um, but we will be changing the name very soon. But you can find it either way. You can find it by going to theshiftseekers.com. Come and join us. We will. You can ask us to tag you in the values replay and we'll do that. And then you're going to be able to dive into the conversation there, right? I feel like that's one of the most important trainings for anybody in my world to take is to understand 
and get clear on their own values so that they understand and can detect when something feels in and off and be open to being called out on it. You know, I'm always open when somebody, this is why, you know, when Susie said to me, have you muscle tested? It's like, it's a clear marker of what is true in your body. We'll cover that in another episode. I'm so grateful for that because what Susie could feel and didn't need to say was, you don't sound like you're being very you right now. <laughs> and I don't know if that's what she knew she was saying, but by her, through her suggestion, it was a reminder to me that I was not being myself. I was not embodied into who I am. And as soon as I reached that pendulum and I got that reassurance and that reminder that, oh, actually, do you know what? It gets to be calm. It gets to be graceful. There gets to be trust. Everything changed. And I do believe that that is how that chain of events opened up that got Arlo home that night. And I dread to think that if we'd left it much longer, because he was right by a main road, a fast, open main road, we may not have ever got him home. So there's reason, right? There's cause. There's cause and effect in terms of being, doing, acting in accordance with what you say you are. So I hope you've loved this. I really needed to come to you first thing this morning with this. It's so interesting to hear and feel my morning voice. I have made my morning celery juice and it's just sat here looking at me at the moment because I don't want to be slurping into the microphone <laughs> as we're doing this episode. So I'm going to finish here. I'm going to go and drink my celery juice without inflicting on anybody else. Come and join us in the Shift Seekers community, theshiftseekers.com. You are going to love it in there. We are starting something brand new this week where there are prizes up for up for stake, I was going to say, up for grabs. And everybody is welcome. So come and join us in there. You can and you are, just by listening to this podcast, going from being unstuck or getting unstuck to becoming clear, becoming forward focused in the direction of the life and the business that you wish to create. So I'm so glad to have you here. Wishing you a gorgeous, gorgeous day. And I will see you inside the Shift Seekers community. Bye for now. I so appreciate spending time with your ears today. <laughs> if you're not already, come and follow me on Instagram. Let's be friends. You can find me at Totally Laura, where I share behind the scenes, latest updates and freebies, as well as giving you the opportunity to tell me what you want to hear more of here on the podcast. I'll be waiting for you in the DMs.